Thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Periodically, we'll bring you true stories of angelic encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. When we come back, we'll begin our next episode. Welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Today we're going to hear the story of Felix Halpern. Now Felix Halpern died and went to heaven and came back and was totally healed of the disease he died from. In today's episode he's going to tell his story of what he saw in heaven and experienced and I think you'll find it very fascinating. So here now is the story of Felix Halpern as told on the television show, Something More. Now, Felix, in 2019, you literally died and went to heaven, and I want to hear about that. But first, let's set the stage a little bit. 1970s, you were a young man, and you became a follower of Yeshua. You received Yeshua, Jesus, into your life as your Jewish Messiah. Then let's fast forward. You're age 45, New York City. Life is good. Mm -hmm. What is it like for you? What are you doing for a job? How are finances? How's life? But at 45 years old... Uh, my office was on 47th Street, which is the center of the International Diamond Exchange. Hmm. And uh, I had an encounter with the Lord. And now, the Lord, what, what do you mean by well, that? Well, um, he spoke to my heart. He arrested me, if you will. I stopped in the middle of 47th Street. So right on the street. Right on the street. <laughs> um, and I got very emotional and began to hear the voice of the Lord, not audibly, Uh, But in my heart, in my spirit, he spoke very clear words uh, that he wanted me to resign my position with the company. And not only that, uh, liquidate my savings and liquidate my retirement. And I said, you know, and I'm saying to myself, really, Lord? I mean, we had just built a house six months ago. We had a high mortgage. Yeah. My daughter was uh, seven years away from college. But the Lord said, I want to lead you back to your people, and I want to lead you into a life of faith. And I remember the words, I must teach you. I must teach you a new level of faith. But you you had to be really sure that you were hearing him. This wasn't just some Correct. passing thought or whatever. I mean, this was a major life change. You had a certain lifestyle right. you were used to, and probably based on the salary you made and everything. Okay, well, you get home. What does your wife say? <laughs> well, my, my uh, Jewish wife from Brooklyn, who was raised conservative, is waiting for me to get home like she did every night. <laughs> and I was uh, coming home with anticipation or some curi- clearly curiosity as to what my wife would say. Uh, but, Bob, would you know that God touched her heart? <laughs> and I remember her words, I know. I know what we must do. 
We felt in our heart uh, it was a journey of faith that we needed to take because, you see, all the preceding years we were coming to a place we wanted to serve God and we knew there was something blocking it. And in fact, it happened uh, a month earlier. It was at a Friday night worship meeting and I was crying out to the Lord because I couldn't get to a place that I wanted to get in service. Hmm. And the Lord said that... um, I can't give you what you want. You can't get where you want to be because your finances and your security and your job has blocked the way. Mm. That's mm. exactly was the preceding mm. event of that day. Mm. And, um, and so sure enough, we did that. Now, you had another experience, mm-hmm. supernatural experience, where you actually audibly heard the voice of God. Three o'clock in the morning, what did he say? At 3 a.m., uh, he spoke firmly into my left ear as almost like, spe- well, speaking directly into my inner left ear. Mm. I am sending you back to your people mm. with a deep, resonant, authoritative voice. It jolted me out of my sleep. I got up. And that morning, when I went down into the kitchen for my morning devotion to read the Word of God, everything was different. Mm. Everything was different. And from that point, God began to uh, give me points of reference, pointing me the way that the Lord has wanted us to do this. One of those points of reference, 2019, you were at the Wailing Wall. You had a friend there with you, and he said, I don't think you're supposed to leave yet. You're not That's quite right. finished. That's right. What happened? I went to the wall to pray, as many people do. And as you said, I turned around and this uh, gentleman who we were with said, God, the Lord is saying that you need to go back. God's not done. When I turned around and went back to the wall, I put my hand on the wall. I can only tell you, I felt like my hand was fused to the stone. Hmm. I could not move it. I couldn't leave. Hmm. And then I had my other hand on the wall. In the moment that followed, I felt the Lord, Yeshua. I saw Yeshua in the spirit, not physically, mm-hmm. okay, with my physical eyes, but my spiritual eyes, with my, with my inside, my spirit, man, saw Yeshua coming up through the crowd. Mm. Sea of Orthodox. Yeah. And he put his hand on my shoulder and I went down. Mm. And there I am on my knees, surrounded by all the Orthodox, my hand on the wall. And the, the Lord spoke these words to me, Bob, that changed my life once again. Mm. He said, do not be critical of my people. Talking not, about the Jewish, the Jewish people. people. Right. Do not grow impatient with them mm. because they do not know. Because mm. they cannot see what you see. Mm. But know that the time is coming soon when they will see me. Mm. And I also heard the words that they don't know that I visit them, that I come here, I'm here, and they do not know me or see me. Mm. But do not grow weary. Stay the course. Mm. After, after 20 minutes, maybe a half hour, I left the wall. I left that area. We were leading a group at that time, 
And so I need to get back to the group. My wife is looking for me. She didn't know where I was. Um, When I got home, Bob, my something happens. I could not engage life again. I literally, I could not get back to the normal routines of doing whatever I do, ministry and service and responsibilities. And my wife is asking me, what is going on? Mm. I said, Bonnie, I don't know. I only sense in my heart that what he did at the Wailing Wall, it's not complete. He's actually calling me back to go there. Like right away. Right away. I mean, that's a big trip. And I, right, and I, and I was barely home, and I didn't even know why I'm going, other than the Lord is saying that I need to go back where he visited me. Mm. And I'm to remain there every day from morning till afternoon mm. in prayer for seven days. Mm. So three weeks later, where am I? Mm. I'm at the Wailing Wall for seven days, mm. praying, waiting for him, waiting for his visitation. Mm. And it was the most extraordinary time because the presence of God was there and there were a number of divine appointments and things that the Lord did that had to do in forming the future of our work amongst the Jewish people. I was completely resolved that I completed the assignment. I believe, number one, it was a, a test of obedience. The, the unbelievable, the sense of getting on an airplane, flying to Israel, and not even knowing why I'm there other than I'm going to meet the Lord at the Wailing Wall. So wonderful second trip. Yeah. Get back. You feel like you accomplished what you were supposed to there. Full steam ahead. Here we go. And then you die. Correct. Uh, So it wasn't long after that. You got, uh, it was a wrong dosage. Correct. That was prescribed for you. And more than seven months worth of medication was squeezed into like, I don't know, 29 days of time. And so you were taking this medicine, just burning, feeling the effects of it. But this is what you were supposed to take. And then finally happened, cardiac arrest, your heart stops, you die. Right. And when we come back, we're going to find out what happened next. What did Felix see when he experienced heaven? Come back in just a moment. Hello again. This is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast, and now you can find us on YouTube. Welcome back to Something More. I'm your host, Bob Duvall. I'm here with Rabbi Felix Halpern. Mm -hmm. And Felix, when we went to the break, we got to the point where your heart stopped you died. I mean, literally, physically died. Right. What happened? What happened in the spirit? What happened at that moment? What did you feel? What did you see? The evening, uh, the entire night was extreme. Uh, just leading up to that for a moment, uh, the whole night was extreme pain, mm. a fire in my midsection that felt like a furnace, mm. a pain throughout my chest, my back. 
Um, and what I had encountered uh, is what they call an inner storm through toxicity. But that night, um, I went downstairs. It was 3 a.m. in the morning. Hmm. I went down to rest. I thought to be quiet, to trust the Lord, to stay in his presence, hoping it would go away, hmm. hoping things would just kind of settle down. Right. Uh, but they didn't. Hmm. And in a split second, I my spirit, I'm laying down now, and my soul rose up or my spirit rose up out of my body hmm. and just literally stepped out like I'm lying on the couch. It stepped out of my physical frame, my mortal could body. Could you like look back and see your body? Um, not in that moment, but when my soul began to rise uh, to the root, to the height. Right. I'm laying horizontally in the spiritual realm, hmm. but at a certain point, I was able to see my body lying on the couch, lifeless. Hmm. And also, in those seconds, I saw my wife in the future hmm. planning my funeral. Hmm. And I saw my children and family in the throes of tremendous grief. Mm. And I had a moment, Bob, maybe a moment is too much. You know, in the spiritual realm, there's no time. Yeah. Only here. Uh, but I had a, a moment or a secondary understanding that made me feel sad a little bit right there. In that moment only, mm. I felt sadness for her. Hmm. There was an awareness in that moment. Sure. As I was lying horizontally in the spiritual realms above on a higher level in the spiritual dimension, mm -hmm. there was an angel over my body. Hmm. His hands were moving over my body, hmm. which was a strange sensation. But I felt such peace such joy, such trust, no fear. Mm. I almost feel as I look back, I feel like I was one that was brought into an emergency room in the hospital and the doctors are working on my body. <laughs> and I felt that the Lord was healing my soul. Mm. And looking back now with what is he, what he is doing now, I believe that that was part of a healing that I was to return with. Mm. As I'm in the spiritual dimension, I see a white light in a cylindrical tunnel that was like in a, a bluish color, but mm. there was a white light in the end uh, that I call, it was like a distant star, mm. but it wasn't, it wasn't distant. It was here, mm. here. It was the, it was like the borders of heaven that mm. had not gotten there yet. I was almost, I felt, in this intermediary place. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that my experience is because of the Lord had appointed for me to return. Mm. I think if, that, if I was not appointed to return, I may have ascended immediately to heaven. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Right. We don't know. But I was in this intermediary place, and I understood the spiritual realms in a way that, of course, I would never be able to because it's what immortality feels like. Hmm. There's complete freedom. I felt complete, unhindered, unbound by anything. Hmm. You know, I feel like it's what will be. I can only imagine 
what it will be like when we are in our incorruptible bodies mm -hmm. that you can translate to places in the spiritual realms. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I went to heaven. So what was heaven like? What did it look like? What did you see? Heaven was unimaginable perfection. Mm. Uh, perfection is not really adequate because perfection is a human word. Mm. I don't know how you compare human perfection or perfection according to anything that we understand here to what I might say is perfection. Mm. <laughs> it's it's perfection supreme. It's perfection of glory. It's everything the way God creates something and is never touched again. Mm. Man has never touched anything. For example, the rivers, the river that I saw, that I speak about, where I saw the redeemed on the riverbed, them speaking to one another in glorious white radiant robe, if you will. Mm. Um, the water was so crystal clear that it had a, I can explain it as, it had a living quality to it. Hmm. Imagine, you know, there, there is not a water on earth, I don't care where I would travel, to the Andes Mountains, hmm. or pick the highest place you can go to hmm. and draw water from the, a mountain, hmm. doesn't even compare, hmm. it's living. Because I do think that everything God creates, not to think everything he creates is living. That's yeah. the way he creates it. Now, in, in your job when, yes. that you quit when you were 45, yep. I mean, you were a precious metals expert and everything. So right. what about heaven? I mean, are there streets of gold? Is there, there gold street, in heaven? There are streets of gold. <laughs> the pearls, the pearls on the gates into heaven. It says righteousness and justice. The pearls are beyond anything that I have ever handled. Hmm. It has a radiance to it. Mm. It has a depth to it. Pearls I've seen, I've handled those, mm. and they're beautiful, but these had a perceptible depth mm. of beauty to it. And the riverbeds had gemstones mm. in it. It was covered with gemstones. And so precious stones and semi-precious stones, and I've noted in past conversations with people, I mean, I've handled the most precious diamonds, the most valuable mm. pearls, uh, rubies, sapphires, uh, gold bars. These are things that I've man handled all the time. Sure. Nothing, nothing on earth compares to the sparkling radiance mm. that comes up even from the river mm -hmm. because it's untouched. It's beauty. It's beautiful perfection, artistry. Um, and there are streets of gold mm. everywhere. Wow. And I, I, what I find extraordinary amongst everything else is that no matter where you are in heaven, the throne is not far. There's always a sense of it's right there. Mm. And I believe that it's because it's the complete presence of God that is engulfing heaven. And yes, there is the throne and he sits on the throne, but, the, but his radiance goes beyond him. That, I think, is part of the fire that circles the throne of ripples and layers of fire that encircle him. It radiates out, mm. similar to what we feel, quite frankly, 
when we experience the glory at a revival service or we're in the presence of God and the atmosphere is charged with the presence of God. Heaven is charged. Like all the time. All the time. It's supercharged with the glory and the presence of God. Now, you couldn't stay. Correct. You came. I would have liked to stay longer. I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Do you know how long you were physically dead? Um, I know. I believe it was more than seconds. It was in moments. Um, because there is no time in heaven and in the eternal sphere. Um, But I will tell you that when it was time for the Lord to breathe life back into my body, I'm lying on the couch, actually uh, kind of laying and sitting halfway, and that's where it was left. Mm. Um, When it was time, a rush of wind came into my mouth, Hmm. entered my deepest recesses of my lungs. I took a deep breath like I've been underwater and broke the surface because I can only take my last breath. I'm gasping for air. And it threw my head back. Hmm. And I remember saying, what was that? Hmm. And then I began to understand what had happened. And Bonnie came down. Um, maybe she came down, I'm thinking, a half hour after. And. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, so you came back healed. Yes. So, like yeah. that angel was was probably working some some healing on. Correct. You. Uh, so how long? I mean, that's got to impact you in so many ways. How long did it take you to get back to normal? A year or more. Wow. I'm still processing it. <laughs> so you're still you're still not I'm back st- to normal. <laughs> well, my life was turned upside down, but I think it actually was turned right side up. Mm. Um, I couldn't process things for a minimum of a year. Hmm. Um, uh, Sid helped me a lot through that period. Hmm. Helped me when I was in the weeds. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it changed. I can only tell you it changed everything for me. Uh, um, I feel like I'm born again again. Hmm. But more than that, I felt that if I can use the analogy of an eggshell that was cracked and a ray of light is coming in from the other realm, a ray of light is coming in from the other side. For most of the year, and it isn't fully gone, mm. the envelope remained open mm. between the physical and the spiritual. Yeah. And there were times that I had visited heaven in those times and then visited the spiritual realms. There's a I feel at times I'm more connected to the spiritual now mm-hmm. because I feel a detachment here. Mm. Um, I, I'm detached now. Yeah. Now you learned different things through this experience and after you came back. Just one of those is uh, that we empower the enemy. Correct. Satan with things that we say. Just briefly tell me about that. I learned that we empower the, de- the de- demonic realm and Hasatan or Satan in things uh, wrongly. In other words, they have no power in our life. 
Mm. And I'll tell you why I say that. The Lord invited me into the second heaven, and I stood above the second heaven. Mm. And I saw the second heaven filled with demonic hordes. Mm. And as I'm standing there, there was one particular demon, Bob, that tried to climb up over like a wall to try and grab a hold of my ankle. But it couldn't. Mm. And it tried Mm. and it tried and it was pitiful. I remember I said it is pitiful because he has no power and he was in in a state of decay. They were awful, ugly, deformed because they were fallen and they're decaying from their original state. Mm -hmm. And so the reason they couldn't touch me because of the blood of Yeshua, Jesus, Mm -hmm. the blood of Yeshua that covers me, they cannot touch me. Now, I'm not saying there's not spiritual warfare. I would I would be naive to Right. to even suggest that. Right. You know, Ephesians 6, our battle is not between flesh and blood, but spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Mm-hmm. But he showed me that when we, for believers, I'm not talking about unsaved people, when he is prince in the power of the air, he's not prince in the power of my air because he's consigned to the lower airways. Mm-hmm. When we say airways, we don't realize the segments of the airways that coincide with the first heaven, the second heaven, and so forth. And so what he's consigned to, for me, for you, for anybody that knows the Lord and covered by the blood of Yeshua, is that he is below our feet. I have authority from the ground up to heaven. So for that reason, when I raise my hand to the heavens and I praise the Lord, I have complete authority from the ground all the way up to the throne because those airways are not hindered by the demonic realm, not for the believer. Some may disagree with that, but I feel that we have uh, been fooled. Mm -hmm. We have been bamboozled. That's an old term. (laughs) We've been tricked to think that that Satan and his hordes has more authority over the lives of believers. They don't. Uh, there are reasons for troubles, and I can we can talk another time for that. We don't have time to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, and we're actually going to have to leave it right yes, there. Yes, yeah. But I hope that uh, this has given you some insight. And, you know, you don't have to go through what Felix went through to be able to experience this intimacy, this peace. Press in, seek after God, and allow Him to sensitize you to his spirit, flow in him and be listening to his voice for those supernatural moments in your life, just as he did for Felix. He's no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one, he'll do for all, but you need to seek after him and join us again next time for something more. again, this is The Watchman. Please join us on our new video channel called Encounters from Beyond the Veil. It's the same exciting content as our audio podcast, but in a shorter, but yet a video format. Also, please subscribe so you won't miss any of our episodes. That's Encounters from Beyond the Veil, exclusively found on YouTube.
Thanks again for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Also, give us a like. We welcome any comments or suggestions you might have. We also ask you to subscribe so that you will be notified of all our future episodes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Watchman on the Wall podcast. Thank you.